It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. I'm Debbie Kiever. Joining me is Laura Pereno, and it is good to be with you on another Monday or whatever day of the week you are listening to this podcast in the months of November and December, we have been focusing on the armor of God. Some of the material is coming from a Bible study Laura taught years ago based on the book by Priscilla Shira on the armor of God. But a lot of it, right, Laura, is coming from our own experience because God certainly lets us walk through what we teach. And I just think that makes it even more meaningful for us, at least, right? Because it's our yes. story. Yep. So let's kick off today. Let's just review in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read from 14 to 17. This is just a piece of the portion of scripture about the armor of God. Starting off in 14, it says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And that's actually where we're starting right now today is the helmet of salvation. Now, I got to tell you, Laura, um, 30 years as a therapist, helmets are a very big deal to me. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. It's almost been like my soapbox issue, you know, (laughs) over the years because the, the helmet is, is that last piece of defensive uh, armor that you're that you're putting on and I don't know it seems like when kids are teenagers it is the last thing that they want to put on as well and yet it's so critical for the protection of their minds that is the sole purpose of this helmet of salvation it's to guard our thoughts because man the enemy his power is in the lie if he can get us to believe a lie he can take us down he can take down our concept of our identity and our purpose. And all he has to do is whisper a thought to us. And if we we chew on it and we start to embrace it and believe that it's true, um, we, we leave ourselves exposed and at risk for uh, damage in our thinking and developing what we're going to talk about today called stronghold. So this helmet of salvation, it's, salvation is at the beginning of our walk with the Lord, and it is what's going to hold our uh, the healthiness of our thinking all throughout our walks with Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up, we had those crazy looking helmets as kids, right, for the bikes. And uh, I, I know I resisted that for quite a while. But the older I got, the more I realized how important my brains were inside mm-hmm. my inside my noggin. I do remember... Um, early days of skiing right we nobody wore helmets i mean why would you need a helmet flying down a hill and now (laughs) it's such a big deal right it's a big deal put these helmets on and then you look at people with motorcycles who have this huge bike speeding down the highway with their helmet strapped to their seat and it's not protecting their head yep it makes no sense and yet how similar for us as believers to protect a lot of different parts of our lives. But when it comes to our thought life, we just let our guard down and we put that helmet Mm. of salvation on the back seat Mm. and just hope and we hope we don't fall. Yep. You know, Debbie, as you were just speaking, it's it kept coming to my mind that we can't just put our helmet on. 
we have to have the belt of truth on first, right? This is a succession of things that we dress in. You have to have the belt of truth on. You have to have the breastplate of righteousness on. You have to be standing in your shoes of peace. And then you put your helmet on, right? While you're holding up your shield of faith. It's a succession. If we didn't have the the truth, like you were just talking about, then our helmet would be, it wouldn't mean anything. We wouldn't even know what we are supposed to be lining up our thoughts with. So many uh, pictures come into my mind when we talk about a helmet. And even as you were talking about skiing, I remember when I was mm, 10 or 12 years old, I desperately wanted a skateboard for Christmas. And my dad was so afraid of his kids getting hurt that I begged and begged and cried and cried to get a skateboard. And on Christmas morning, um, I was given the widest, longest bright orange skateboard I think anybody had ever seen. Two people could sit on the skateboard. It was so wide. It had so many wheels and I was given a helmet with it. I had to, my dad would only let me sit on the skateboard. I was not allowed to stand on the skateboard. I had to wear my helmet at all times and I was only allowed to go down the sidewalk that was immediately in front of my house. I thought that was crazy. And you know, it probably was a little bit extreme but I was 10 or 12 years old. When I turned 22, I got a job um, at a school, a special ed school that I just loved this job. And I was 22 years old, hadn't really done anything with kids except student taught before. And I remember when it was time for recess every day in the winter, these wonderful ladies who worked with me in my classroom would say to me every single time we would get ready to send the kids out, Laura, don't forget to make them wear their hats. And I remember thinking, ah, I don't wear a hat. What 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 good is a hat? I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more protection. They would say, no, it is so important that they wear their hats. So I would have everybody wear their hats. And of course, they would do the same. And now, at 52 years old, I look back and I see the wisdom that comes in wearing a helmet or having head protection, right? Whether it's against the cold or against falling and injuring yourself. I think when we are younger, when we are um, maybe not uh, as experienced with things that can happen when our heads are exposed, these things look like they're extreme. But I think if you were to look at a Roman soldier all those years ago, he would say, uh, don't forget your helmet because the one thing you don't want to lose is your head, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were, that was a, a big deal for them. They had to help have their helmets. They understood the importance of protecting their head. And for us, I think sometimes we think, oh, thoughts that we think, they're not that bad. They're not going to really challenge us. They're not going to create an issue in the future. But the reality is that when we take a blow to the head or when we allow these thoughts to get planted in our head in the wrong way, we are going to be in a place where we are in significant danger. So maybe we want to protect our minds just as much as my dad wanted to protect <laughs> you know, me. We want to stay on that extra wide skateboard. We want to keep our helmet on at all times. We want to stay in the protection of right in front of the house. I guess there's a lot of pictures there on how desperately uh, necessary it is to guard our thoughts and protect our minds. That being said, Debbie, if we are to look at history, which of course you know we love to do, and you look at the demise of Rome and why Rome fell after they were such a superpower, so many people attribute the fall of Rome to the fact that the soldiers started to relax their discipline with putting on their equipment. 
And so just like I said about me in the classroom all those years ago, yeah, maybe they don't really need their hats or when I'm riding this extra wide skateboard, maybe I really don't need my helmet. The reality is they started to get lazy. They were they were comfortable. They had been out to these battles before and they had survived the battles. So they thought maybe I don't really need this extra big helmet. And all of a sudden heads were exposed, minds were exposed, hearts were exposed because they weren't lining their uh, breastplate up correctly and they came down. The enemy was able to access them and bring them down because they had gotten lazy and sloppy and thought that their armor was unnecessary. I think there's one thing that we have learned, Debbie, as we've been going through this um, this year, as we've been going through the armor, there is no time, no matter what our circumstances are, that we can get sloppy and forget even one piece of our helmet. Everything is a gift that God has given us in order to stand regardless of the struggle. And I don't know about you, but if it wasn't for the armor of God and the truth of holding on to God's word, this year uh, could have taken us all down in a greater way. But holding on to God's word and keeping our minds lined up with the truth rather than our minds lined up with the crazy has kept us standing in a way we might not have before. You made a comment about how uh, these soldiers were getting lazy. You know, they they felt like, how much do we have to put effort into all these different pieces of, of armor that we need to put on? I mean, their their belt had to be put on first. And we talked about our the truth is the foundation. Everything in our faith connects to the truth of God's word. But their brass plates typically weighed about 70 pounds. I mean, that's heavy. And so you put that on your chest and now you're like, okay, so now I'm already feeling a little weighed down and the shoes with peace. I mean, if you looked at the Roman shoes, we talked about how they laced all the way up, intentionally lacing all the way. And you can't just, it's not like the Velcro shoe. And so there was some time and effort that got put into there. And then they had to pick up their shield, which was heavy. And then, gosh, now my helmet, like I already feel weighed down and they would, you saying they would leave that aside in our walk with the Lord. When we first start following Christ, we are all gung ho on getting into the word and our prayer life is new. It's exciting. Worship is new. Fellowship is new. But the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you realize that these are spiritual disciplines that are there to protect you. Yes. They are there to encourage you and to strengthen you, but they are still disciplines. And there are times many times in our lives that the the idea of being disciplined sounds like a drag. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the easiest ways that the enemy has found our maybe our lazy factor kicking in is in our thought life, probably because nobody can see it, right? I can put the Christian smile on the outside, but on the inside, what am I thinking? I'm letting my guard down and not guarding my thought life. That is putting down that helmet of salvation, the very core of what is it that you believe. It's it's taking one little thought and having it just askew a little bit from what the word of God says. It's It shifts, it drifts and shifts just a little bit. And it doesn't take long to get you off course. But at that point, we're like, well, nobody really sees what I'm thinking. So it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm, I'm still mm-hmm. acting like a Christian. Mm-hmm. But our behaviors will follow what our thought patterns are. That's right. And so we leave ourselves really uh, open prey for the enemy to go after us when we lower down that guard by not putting that helmet of salvation on. 
That's right, because we can have the helmet, but if we don't put it on, right, we can own the helmet, but if we don't put it on, we are not protected. Now, one of the interesting things that I found out as I was doing this Bible study all those years ago is at the time that Paul would have been writing the book of Ephesians, there was a change in the armor that the Roman soldiers wore. And I think this is just so interesting because we can just line it up with the fact that Paul would be looking at this helmet and saying, you used to wear a different helmet, Roman soldier. Now you're wearing this helmet, and we'll, we'll say why in a minute. But he was also looking at the road that God's people had walked. And he was saying, you used to live this way, right? You used to be under the law. You used to follow all of these laws and commandments in order to think that you were gaining your own righteousness. But now there is a different way. And so the helmet is salvation. You know, there was a new way for the people to follow. Jesus had come, you know, to bring a new way. And so the helmet that they originally wore, it only kind of went to, let's say, uh, their chin. It protected their head, it protected their brain, but it only went to their chin. And so their neck was still exposed. And one, you know, whack from the correct sword and, and they would lose their head and game over for these soldiers. But the Roman soldiers at this time had just gotten a new helmet. And that helmet actually went all the way past the chin, past the ears, and went down. It protected the neck and laid on the shoulders. It was a comprehensive helmet. So if anybody went at the soldier's head in any way, shape, or form, the entire head, you know, we could say for us, every thought every part of of what we need protected with our thoughts with our identity it was all protected it was comprehensive again is paul kind of looking at this helmet and maybe someday we'll ask him this is he looking at this helmet saying wow look at how you've upgraded or you've changed your ways in how you wear a helmet you used to have a part that was exposed that you had to try to protect on yourself on your own you know your helmet wasn't covering it but now you have a helmet that fully protects and covers everything about your mind and your thoughts and protects your life. And we know, was he wondering, Deb, or was he thinking to himself, Deb, wow, we used to have a system where we had to do or we felt like we had to do and offer sacrifices in order to be covered, right, in our minds and our thoughts or our sins to be covered. But now, because of Christ, there's comprehensive coverage here. And he has given us he, right, has given us and has done what we need in order to protect our mind, in order to protect our neck, in order to keep us from losing our head and uh, experiencing a spiritual death. I love the fact that every single one of these pictures really goes back to such an, an amazing dynamic spiritual principle. I think when we look at the helmet that way and we kind of say, wow, God, this helmet is comprehensive. There's there's no reason for me to have to struggle or suffer in any incorrect thought pattern because Christ died so that the whole thing is protected and I can have life because of it. I think that is a great celebration. It's almost like Paul was saying, look, like there is a brand new way here, new helmet, new way. And this new way is meant to guard your mind so you can live in the abundance that God has for you. So the question then is, what does it mean to guard your mind? You know, you, we hear that, guard your thoughts, guard your mind. So what exactly, you know, have you ever felt guilty feeling because you had a bad thought come in your head? You know, like I wasn't, I just out of the blue, this this negative thought, this sexual thought, this critical thought, like where did that come from? 
we need to remember that there's an enemy that's targeting a shooting things at us. And so the part of guarding your mind doesn't necessarily mean you're never going to have a bad thought again, right? The, the bad thoughts are coming from the enemy targeting us. And so what we need to do is put that protection, that shield right around our head, uh, that the, the, um, head bucket, you know, the mind bucket, we used to call it in therapy, just to try to protect all the contents on the inside. And he has given us two things that really enable us to be able to guard our mind. Like you said, that comprehensive coverage. Number one is his word. Amen. The word of God is that piece of the helmet of salvation. You know, it's the, it's the truth. It's the uh, challenging the thought that's coming as a, as as an arrow towards your thinking. The other piece of this is his Holy Spirit who lives inside the life of every single person who has accepted Christ as their Savior. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you the heart of God from within to kind of say, yep, that thought's not from me. This thought is, you know, is counter what the word would say. So he has given us comprehensive coverage through his word and through his spirit. The key is, do we know his word? And are we listening to his Holy Spirit and obeying? Amen. One thing to listen. It's another thing to listen right. and obey. That's right. So the enemy knows that if he can control your mind by putting, a, just planting a thought in your head that you then ponder, right? It's not the issue that you had the thought. It's what do you do with it at that point? Do you just sit there and chew on it and think about it? Um, that could really lead you down a road, controlling your decisions, controlling your thought life, controlling your desires and your emotions. I mean, that's all where your conscience is housed and you're in that soul part of you. And the enemy says, if I can just get in there, it's like I can just start to grow and, and cause division, uh, pull, pull Debbie's heart away from the things of God. And it, and if I can instead get that thought that comes in there and then stop it at the door and say, let me think about who's putting this thought in my head and and reject it if it doesn't line up with the word, reject it if the Holy Spirit's saying that is not from me, then I'll be able to have victory and my mind will stay in a healthy place and it will protect not just my relationship with the Lord, but it protects the decisions that I make, the way my heart, my emotions move. Um, it, it'll protect my ability to pay attention to the Holy Spirit as my conscience, you know, versus just letting myself go numb and not caring about what God says. Boy, the enemy is after your mind. If he can put a poisonous thought in there, and it slips by you because you're not challenging it with the word, he can really cripple your ability to hear God speak and to discern what his will is. And when we start, even as Christians, if we are not taking those thoughts captive, if we're not challenging them against the word, it's like not even wearing a helmet at all. And our thinking starts to look exactly like somebody who is not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If I if I own a helmet and I don't wear it, my head is as protected as someone who doesn't own a helmet. Mm -hmm. So I may have the presence of God in my life, but if I am not protecting my thought life, I'm going to find myself going through life thinking and acting and living in a way that nobody's going to even know that the relationship with God is a big deal. 
That is why David talks so much in the book of Psalms about meditate on the word, like chew on it, meditate, ruminate, like just go over and over, memorize it, sing it, live it, you know, just apply it to all these areas of your life. The more I get the word in there, the more my thoughts are going to line up with those of God. Amen. You know, the word uh, is our the word is a seed, right? We talk about that. We know there's parables about that. The word gets spread. The good news of salvation gets spread. It's a seed. And once it's, you know, planted in our minds, you know, we are to water it and feed it and meditate on it. But it's so interesting that really the enemy also plants seeds, right? That clearly are not the word of God. But this, I think, is one of those times in our minds where the enemy and our flesh work together. So often we wonder, are we in a spiritual battle or are we in a, you know, a, a thing of our flesh or are we making choices that are wrong and, and we've chosen the, the wrong road? But look at how this works. The enemy, all he has to do, he has an easy job, really. All he has to do is come and plant a seed in our minds. He doesn't have to stay around and water it because you know who's going to water it? Like me. And you, right? When these seeds go in our, our our minds, these thoughts, we'll take them and run. And the enemy can just go on to the next person who's not wearing a helmet and plant one more seed. And then go to the next person who's not wearing a helmet and just plant one more seed. <laughs> Debbie, if there's one thing that I know that you really love, it's it's object lessons. And there's a, there's a picture lesson, maybe we could call it, that Priscilla talks about in her uh, Bible study. And she actually goes back to the Greek word, which we love. And she says that the word for strongholds in the Greek is actually the same word that we might use for the word divider. Now think about, and I don't know, I haven't been in a room that has this in a long, long time, but when I went to a Christian school growing up, our school was basically all around the gym. And sometimes the gym needed to be used for other things and they wanted to break it into smaller pieces. So if you can picture a great big gym and it would have one of those kind of um, folding doors that kind of goes all the way into the wall. And when you needed it for two volleyball games or two events, what would you do? You would pull the divider all the way across and it would seal from the floor to the ceiling from wall to wall and it would make a a wall that could not be crossed right once that divider was connected you could not cross from one side to the other and so the word stronghold actually is the same word for that divider now think about your mind and god has uh good seed good words the word of god has who you are it talks about who you are it talks about who he is it it's the good stuff that we're supposed to be planting in our minds so healthy fruit grows but when we choose to dwell on or plant seed that is not healthy in our mind we are actually the word of god says we are building a stronghold we are pulling that divider across our mind if we if we want to use a picture like that and so what happens is eventually that divider is uh, so big so strong it goes from top to bottom left to right and it connects all the way on the other side that when it's time to make a decision we are so wrapped up in these negative thoughts that there is a divider pulled that doesn't allow us to access the correct truth that we've already learned when we put our belt on and that we need to stay focused on to dwell on the truth and have our thoughts lined up with the truth. 
as I taught this Bible study, uh, one of the women in the Bible study had this great picture, Debbie, I just really want to share. And you will totally get this because, again, you love object lessons. But think about every time you are, we've called them seeds, but let's say you are given a thought, right? A thought comes to your mind. Somebody says something, speaks something over you. Picture that thought like a brick. And so you're holding in your in your hands a brick and it's a negative thought, something that is not true according to the word of God, something that does not define you. And you have a choice on what to do with this brick. Now, if we are going to have a stronghold built like this divider in our minds, that means we're going to take that brick and we're going to start to believe it. Why? Because we don't have our belt on. We're going to start to believe it. And so we're going to take that brick and we're going to kind of put some mortar on it and we're going to put it in our minds. It's an incorrect thought. And now it is in the middle of our mind. It's that stronghold. It's that divider. It's small, but we've thought, well, it's okay. And so we plant that thing and we start to believe it. The next time we hear another lie, something else that's not true about God, something that's not true about us or identity in him, it's like we're being given another brick. And again, we have a choice. What are we going to do with the brick? We often choose to say, well, I'm going to make that part of who I am. I believe that. And so we take that brick and we put some mortar on it and we put it on top of the other brick. Eventually, Debbie, we have been given so many bricks and we have a choice on what to do with the brick. We can take the brick, put some mortar on it and slap it on top of the other bricks. And eventually we find ourselves with a wall built, created out of so many incorrect, negative, ungodly thoughts that we have on our own created the divider. I think that's important to recognize. We may be given a brick. We may be given an incorrect thought. We may be given something that is not true about our identity. We get to choose what we are going to do with the lie. And if we choose to keep building them on top of each other and not face them and come at them in a godly fashion, we are going to end up with a divider that we have created with the lies that the enemy has given us that will keep us from believing the truth. Have you ever gotten to a point where you are so stuck on a lie? Someone has spoken something about you over and over again that you cannot get past it. That's because you have built that wall and you just cannot get to the other side for what the truth is. You know, the tricky thing about these walls is it, it's one thing if there's a lie that says you're ugly, you're a failure, mm -hmm. uh, you are rejected, right? And then they, they don't sit with, right with you anyway. But when they've been spoken to you by people of significance in your life, it's really hard to separate, especially when you're younger, and say that that's not true. But how about the lies that are... Uh, some of the ones, these are the ones that I connected with um, behind a wall that I, you know, didn't realize it, but I was building up a stronghold. The lie that says, uh, in order to feel significant about yourself, Deb, you need to be successful. You need to not fail at the things that you try. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You need to have people like you. See, people like you, therefore, you are a success. Therefore, you have value. Therefore, you have significance. And those thoughts are that's the lie that's you know it, it doesn't look that far from the truth but you bought into you know i bought into it and so stronghold that i got stuck behind from the exterior looked like somebody who had it all together 
And like, well, you're like, well, how's that a lie, Debbie? If you're presenting successful, the lie was that I was believing my significance came from how I was presenting yep. as opposed to the life that God had saved me from. Absolutely. Anything that does not line up with the word of God is a brick that needs to be dealt with and not put on top of another brick in order to create a stronghold. These strongholds are created to keep us from believing the truth. And I know, I know we've all heard this before. It is so much easier and still hard. It's so much easier to combat a lie uh, or a negative behavior when it's happening, then try to clean up a mess later on. For sure. And so, you know, when we look at the lies that we believe about ourselves, or maybe that other people have spoken over us, we have the option. It's, it's going to be an easier job if we take every single one of those when they are spoken or given, which again goes back to the fact, Debbie, that we have to have the full armor on, right? Because if we think that this helmet is going to work without the truth, it doesn't happen. We are going to, what are we going to compare the brick to if we don't have our belt on? We have to have the truth. We have to have the word of God. But these strongholds in our minds are based on untrue premises and they keep us from living in the promise of God. It denies God's promise. You know, it makes us, strongholds make us believe the lies because we've created a divider between the lie and the truth. And really, I think it's so uh, freeing when we get on the other side of bringing down strongholds, which we can do and we'll talk about in a minute. But when we get on the other side of it to to look back and say, I cannot believe that I even believed the lie if only I had had my helmet on. All goes back to my great big giant skateboard that two people could fit on. I would much prefer to be the odd man out, right, <laughs> in this day and age. The one who is choosing not to believe the lies. The one who is sitting on an orange skateboard going down the sidewalk in front of her house with a helmet on. Then the one who is believing lies and looks like she has it all together <laughs> on the outside, you know, but is believing lies on the inside. We are going to look different. I guess that's my point. And maybe my orange skateboard is a great uh, analogy for this. We are going to look different when we are believing truth about who God says it, that we are. We're going to act different. We are going to respond different. But we are going to end up on the other side of the sidewalk, safe, protected, with our thoughts lined up in the word of God. You know, as culture continues to drift away from that standard of, of the word of God, we have to look different. If we don't, if we don't look as different, then that means that our standard has drifted away from God's standard as well. I mean, we're called a peculiar people yep. in the word of God. And, and that is in a, in a weird way is a compliment, right? You should look really different. If you don't look that peculiarly different, then I, you need to really ask yourself, what's the basis of what's your truth based on? Is it based on the word or is it based on what is a, like acceptable nowadays? Amen. Yep. Yep. You know, it's so funny when you said peculiar, that is, that was my fear riding on that skateboard that the other kids on the cool skateboards were going to look at me and call me. Maybe the word peculiar didn't come to my mind. They probably did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Even my sister probably did. <laughs> because she didn't even want a skateboard. But it's just so interesting. We are so afraid so often of being labeled peculiar. And yet, can we take that word peculiar and make it a healthy, positive thing? Yeah, I want to be peculiar. And I'm telling you, I wish I still had that skateboard because that would just be a great object lesson for me to keep in my house all the time. I want to be the woman on the skateboard. I want to be a peculiar person for Christ. 
I can arrange that for you. <laughs> it won't be the same one, Debbie. I don't think they make them that big anymore. <laughs> you know, we are we are wired for strongholds. Amen. Like yep. we, we have been created yep. with a desire to hold on to something. Right. We're gonna we're gonna listen to something and we're gonna hold on to something because he's crafted us to be That's that right. way. That's right. But but the goal of him being our stronghold in Psalm twenty seven one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I mean, multiple scriptures, especially in Psalms that, you know, God is calling himself that I am your stronghold. I'm the one that's going to help anchor you in, in your convictions and, and protect your thought life. If you will surrender to my Lordship and let your thoughts be directed through me, you will find that I am the stronghold being, I am the one that's going to give you that inner strength to be able to stand out and be peculiar and be okay with Amen. that. Amen. Right? He has definitely wired us for that. And it all comes back to how, how solid is my understanding? What his word says, mm-hmm. right? If, if I want to elevate, when you have a stronghold in something, you are elevating a thought pattern. So what are you elevating? Are you elevating what God's opinion is? the truth of his word about what's important to him or are you elevating what's culturally sensitive or you elevating somebody else's opinion over God's who is the top dog for the thought pattern that you're going to surrender to. Yep. And so we, that's, we are, we are drawn to have strongholds. And I think that's what makes these, control the thinking is such an open door for the enemy to try to beat on us. We need to just take that energy of focusing on what am I going to dig my heels in about? It's going to be based on God. I'm not going to waver from what you have set forth for me to think about it. He's given us tools to demolish those thoughts that the enemy um, throws at us. Think about, you know, something being thrown at your head. The helmet is there not only to just things don't just bounce off, but they dismantle, they just they just take the arrow of thought that's coming at you and it just blows it up. I, I love this uh, passage in Second Corinthians 10. Let me read it to you. It's three to five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. That's a great Amen. word. Yep. Demolish, like blow yep. it up strongholds we demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ amen here's what it looks like to dismantle this to demolish it the thought comes out of the blue it is come your your thoughts are coming either from the enemy they're coming from the world they're coming from your flesh or they're coming from the lord and some of them are very, there's this little subtle changes, right? Like, which one is it? And the thought that's coming towards you is not the problem. It's, what do I do with it now? Is it one that I can embrace or is it one that I need to reject? And so when it says, demolishing these arguments, you take captive every thought, every thought that comes in your mind and you make it obedient to Christ, meaning, is this coming from the Holy Spirit? Amen. Is this thought coming? And as I challenge every thought, you may think this sounds rather exhausting, right? It's like, do I put my helmet on or do I not? 
Yep. Don't grow weary, right? Or off with their head. Don't grow weary in challenging these thoughts. What you'll find is that the more you study the word, the faster is your reaction where you go, ah, that, that doesn't, yes, that doesn't, right. not only does it not line up with what the word says, it doesn't sound like the father. That's right. That's right. And so you can pick it up pretty quickly. That's right. You know what? You can also go right back to the wall, right? Right back to your brick wall, Deb. When you're given a brick, what are you going to do with the brick? You can put it on the wall and build the stronghold, or you can, what you just read that Paul wrote, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you can demolish the brick. You can take the brick and you say, I refuse to put you on the wall. I'm not going to continue to build a stronghold. And so I'm going to demolish. I'm going to tear apart this brick so it can't even come back again, right? I'm going to demolish it. When they demolished something or dismantled something, it wasn't coming back. So we have that choice when we're handed the brick. But what do we do if we have already chosen to put the brick on the wall and we've got a stronghold built? Well, that's where Paul says, you know, you dismantle the wall, brick by brick, by brick. <laughs> you take it off. And we all know it's not easy to take bricks apart. There's a lot of things that hold them together. They become stuck together. So, but it doesn't matter. It may not be easy in the flesh for us to go through. We know that um, sometimes working through things that have kept us bound can be difficult. It can be challenging, but it is possible. It is doable. And we can be completely free because of what Christ has done for us. You know, so many times these lies attack our identity. And this is kind of what you were saying. We have to know who we are in Christ. You know, we have to know the truth about who we are. And we're not going to know the truth about who we are if we don't listen to the one who is speaking the truth. But the more that we remind ourselves of what Jesus says about us, and if you need to know what Jesus says about you, start reading the Gospels, right? Start reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Find out what Jesus has to say about you, about us, because it's powerful. And once we know the truth, what does the Bible say? It will set us free. Free to demolish strongholds. Free to tear apart walls that have been built for 52 years. Free to live in a new way for every day that God has given you past the day that you're in. As we wrap up today... I find it interesting. It's not just all about the fact that we want healthy thoughts. We certainly want healthy thoughts, but our thoughts impact our walk. Our thoughts impact our route or the plans that we make for ourselves or the plans that we start to walk out. Isaiah 55 verse 8. This is we, a lot of us know this scripture. It's a, a great scripture, but listen to what God says. It really opened my mind up to this whole different perspective on this uh, verse as I studied it a while back. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or I'm sorry, neither are your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. You know, that word for thoughts is actually your plan, your design, your plot. And in the Greek, the word for ways there is path or route, your way of life, your journey, your conduct, how you conduct yourself. God is saying here, like, my plans my thoughts, my scheme, my design, and I don't mean scheme in a wicked way, but the plans or the plots or the designs that I have are not the way that you have planned or plotted or designed for your life. And my path, my route, my journey is not the same that you have designed for your life. But if you want to have your path lined up with the path that I have for you, if you want to stay on the path that I have for you, if you want your path to be my path, your ways to be my path, then it starts with your thoughts. So God is saying, when you line up your thoughts 
with my thoughts, then guess what? Your ways, your path, your journey is going to be lined up with my journey. I mean, that really sums it up. How often do we say, I don't know which way I'm supposed to go. I don't know what God has for me in this moment or that moment. Where are your thoughts? Are your thoughts lined up with his thoughts? Are my thoughts lined up with his thoughts? Because if our thoughts are aligned with his, then it just so happens that we will walk a route where our ways are lined up with his ways as well. I think that there is nothing more than we want in this world than to know that we are walking in the ways of God, that we are aligned up with the route that he has planned for us, with the journey, with the way of life that he has planned for us, even if it looks different than the rest of the world. We're talking about uh, the armor of God and what makes a really strong spiritual soldier. And I, I just was thinking of some of the pillars of faith in my own life, you know, those that I just admire um, for decades and decades of just fighting the battle well. And I started thinking about what kind of things are strongholds for them. They have built such a wall made of brick, made of scripture. Mm-hmm. that it yep. permeates every area of their lives and their yep. finances and their relationships and their just their health. I mean, everything just seems so lined up. And how are they so significantly stronger than other Christians, um, than me, than other people in my life? And, and I, I was just thinking about that while you were sharing. The Lord was like, it was brick by brick. Amen. It was thought by thought over decades the, the mortar of the Holy Spirit, just Amen. solidifying it together. That is why they are an unmovable force. That's right. That's but it right. just didn't happen. It didn't. That's right. Some of them came from like upbringings that like they had to tear down old yep. bricks. That's you know, right. They, they, they weren't growing up in a home where this was taught. Some That's people right. were, but, but the idea is they owned it. Like yep. they owned it themselves brick by brick. And that's what, that's what built that really powerful stronghold of fortress of thought based on the word thought by thought they owned it amen amen they were not afraid to sit on the great big skateboard and put their no, on. <laughs> well debbie this has been really fun and it's interesting because it's a topic that um can be painful to work through really and yet it's so uh amazing the way that god just speaks to us um in these times, in these moments where we really need to keep our helmets on. Mm -hmm. So if this has blessed you, if you've been listening to this and this has blessed you, please share it with a friend. I would venture to say that there's not anyone who doesn't struggle with some kind of of thoughts, uh, negative thoughts that they've formed about themselves or that somebody has spoken over them. There is freedom when we line up our thoughts with what the word of God says. And like Deb just said, when we build that wall on the word of God with the word of God, we are going to find ourselves in a very free place. As we close out uh, today, just want to thank you for being with us. We have a few more podcasts in this Armor of God series. We do have a special Christmas uh, devotional slash podcast episode uh, coming up soon, right before Christmas. And we are excited to share that with you too. So thanks for being a part today. Uh, God bless you. We appreciate you. We do pray for you. And if you have any needs or concerns, you can always reach out to us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You encourage us and we pray that this is an encouragement to you as well. So God bless you. Have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.